this one, I don't care if I ever eat another vegetable again. Ugh. Welcome to the St. Canard Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast. I'm your host, Mike Russo, and hey, Stan, welcome back for yet another comic review. Thanks for having me back once again, Mike. How you doing? Pretty good. How do you feel now that Fluffy is behind us? Uh, it's like a weight has been lifted off of our shoulders. A little orange fuzzy weight. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta say, those were fun until they were not fun anymore. Yeah, that that last issue was a bit of a slog to get through. But luckily, the one we're doing today is much, much, much better. Yes. So before we get there, let's do some chatting about some stuff. First of all, um, when this one drops, anybody listening to it the day it drops, um, five days till Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are you ready? I'm just about ready, at least for my uh, family. I've got all but a couple gifts taken care of. For my friends, I usually buy for them in the month or two after Christmas, which they oh. understand. All right. You know, with we bit we see my wife's family every Christmas. We don't her family doesn't really buy for each other. We just buy for the kids. Yeah. So, you know, everyone's going to buy for my daughter and her four cousins. Well, one's not born yet, but I'm sure they'll get presents anyway. Um, but you know, it's the kids who get the presents, and that's always fun cuz she has a big enough family that we couldn't afford to buy everyone presents anyway. And, and then of course, this Santa who, you know, my daughter, my daughter makes out pretty good every year. Um, do you have any like tr Christmas traditions or just things you enjoy doing around the holiday? Well, every uh, Christmas I make it a point to watch Die Hard. Of course you do. <laughs> also, me and my mom sit down together and watch National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Those of our those are our two go to Christmas movies. And I do try to watch uh, It's a Wonderful Leaf every Christmas I can. I guess you have to. Do you, you ever... Know, the, the quintessential Darkwing Christmas episode. Do you do the other Disney Afternoon Christmas episodes, like uh, Goof Troop uh, or Tailspin? Just no, Darkwing? just Darkwing. Okay. The Goof Troop one isn't so bad. I would avoid the Bonkers one like the plague, though. <laughs> yeah. It's it's the epitome of bad Bonkers episodes. And, you know, there are a lot of bad Bonkers episodes. Um, shame the Christmas one had to be one of them, though. Um... We, of course, I had mentioned this before. We do the watch list thing. We write down all the things my daughter wants to watch. Um, the top of the list for me, though, and I know I think I mentioned it, is Muppet Family Christmas. It's my favorite uh, Christmas special ever. It's my favorite thing the Muppets ever did. Um, it came out in 87, and I watched it the night it aired, and it's still my favorite Muppet anything, my favorite Christmas special. And... Uh, there is a podcast called um, Tough, uh, Moving Right Along. It's a Muppet movie podcast. Normally, they do um, Muppet movies two minutes at a time. I know there's like a Star Wars podcast that does that. And yeah. they and this month in December, they're doing a Muppet Family Christmas two minutes at a time. And that's still going. When this drops, I'll have a few more episodes left. It's such a great special. Have you ever seen it? I don't know if I have. I I think I intend to watch it this year just to know that I've seen it. It's the it's the one where um they all go to the farmhouse, uh, Fozzie's mom's farmhouse, and it's got Sesame Street, the Muppet Show characters, Fraggle Rock, and even the Muppet Babies in it. Ah. So it's like a gigantic Henson Universe crossover. 
neat. It's really, really good. Um, when you do see it, please let me know how you enjoyed it. Because I know you're going to enjoy it. Because no, no one I know doesn't like it. I will be sure to let you know. Awesome. So um, anything else Christmas related you want to talk about? Or should we move on? Uh, nothing uh, I can think of Christmas related other than hey. to wish everyone that's listening a Merry Christmas if they celebrate. Oh, absolutely. I can't believe this is the third time the St. Catarina Files is doing a Christmas discussion. I can't believe we've done this for this long. So moving on from Christmas, I got my QFig Negaduck over the weekend. Uh, what do you I, ordered from, I ordered from Quantum Mechanics. So that's why I got mine a little bit later than your, you did. The oddest thing, after I took the box out of the shipping box, there was a package of mini parasols, like little wooden umbrellas, like cocktail umbrellas. In huh. the box with the figure. That's if, any, odd. if anybody else ordered from Quantum Mechanics, please tell me if you got a bag of mini parasols in there too, because I'd love to know. They went right in the garbage. <laughs> but <laughs> I'd love to know if anybody else got random things in their Negaduck box. Um, quick review. I love this thing. Like what number picture, did you get? Oh, yeah. What number is 327 out of 2000? Ah, that's keeping with what uh, Will surmised, that people who ordered from Quantum Mechanics are going to get the low numbers. I would assume they'd mail their own stuff out first. Yeah. But this is a gorgeous figure. It Like, the Darkwing is nice, but this one kicks its butt. Yeah. It's just a gorgeous Negaduck sculpt. The face is perfect. Yep. The sculpt is perfect. The colors are perfect. And, yeah, it's about... From, like, its left foot to the hat, I'd say three inches, but he's leaning down, and his other foot is stretched out. So I think if he was to stand up straight and tall, he'd be about as big as the uh, Funko action figure. So yeah. it's a decent size. It's just the pose makes him look smaller. Yeah, though I will say if he didn't have that base, he would look perfect posed with either the vintage Playmates or the Funko figure. He would. But I just, I love the base he's on. The base is well-designed. The colors are great. I wish the red in his cape was a bit brighter. Yeah. But it's still fine. It's a gorgeous figure. The, the, paint, the paint apps are really well done. There's no bleed. There's no mistakes. Like, no mistakes. Normally on Darkwing Duck toys, you get at least one or two mistakes. But whoever painted this guy really used a lot of reference material. He looks fantastic. He's a beautiful toy. Yeah. And it will be the perfect Negaduck figure, at least for a while, because we know the Beast Kingdom figure ain't beating it. Well, the Beast Kingdom figure at least has a chainsaw and the bombs and the explosion plunger. So it's yeah. got some cool play value with it. But in terms of looks and accuracy, this might be the nicest looking dark wing duck figure sculpt I've ever seen. Like this one just nails it. Yeah. This one, to I mean, the Funko Darkwing was nice, but it had too big of a bill. This this Negaduck is just perfect. I love it. I'm very glad I picked it up. We now want to report that if you're... It. Oh, go ahead, Stan. Go for it. I was going to ask, are you, gonna, are you displaying yours out of the box or in the box? Well, you can't display it in the box. There's no window. So he had a crown. True, True so enough. He, 
he's a monster, all my other Darkwing stuff. A couple of Playmates toys had to move off the shelf to make room for him. I have very limited display space, but I made room for him. You don't buy something like this without trying to display it, you know? Oh, yeah. So, gorgeous figure. Glad I got it. Um, as for the Darkwing Quantum Mechanics figure, you can actually get that right now if you know where to shop. Yep. Don't, can't you? Yep. As of when we're recording this on December 13th, the Darkwing Q-Fig is available from Walmart, and they are actually shipping out. I know of a couple people that ordered it from them and got them. Good for them. And I will be the first to say I ordered mine from Walmart today because I'm tired of waiting. <laughs> Go Walmart. You, the figure actually made it out before 2022. Yep. Unfortunately, speaking of a product that's not going to be out for a while, and it really aggravates me, the um, Disney Afternoon book, The Making of a Television Renaissance, got pushed back again. Yeah, I've heard uh, some rumblings about that. That People are wondering if there's just going to be a cancellation announcement coming around the corner. I'm not going to be shocked if it I Stan, mean, I what, hope it doesn't, but... What's what's Disney's problem, man? What is Disney's problem? Apparently, they kept delaying it because they wanted it to tie into DuckTales 2017, but then DuckTales got canceled. Then they wanted to premiere it with next year's D23. And now they've delayed it until May, correct? Of, I thought it was October. I heard May. I hope it's May. Of 2023. Man, I hope this thing doesn't get canceled entirely. I hope not. But, you know, Disney, they have a a disturbing track record of not following through on things, whether it be releasing this book or giving us the long-awaited volume three of Darkwing on DVD. <laughs> yeah, it's never going to happen, sadly. Well, at this point, I'd just like them to give us maybe a complete series Blu-ray set. I'd, I'd forgive them for no volume three if we got that. Yeah, but you know Disney. You know Disney. Yep. They're not going to do it. And it's like, it's like that sounds very pessimistic, but I know Disney well enough that thanks to Disney+, Plus, any chance of these old shows making it to DVD now is over. Like, we'll never see the last two seasons of The Muppet Show on DVD. That's not happening. And I don't think... If the Disney Afternoon shows weren't finished before Disney+, Plus, they're never getting finished. Um... But of course, if this was a book about Star Wars or Marvel, it would have come out years ago. But oh, it yeah. just so ha- it just so happens to be about properties Disney doesn't care that much about. That's the problem. Yep. And and that's what upsets me the most. It's that I know Disney doesn't care. But I feel bad for the author. I mean, at this point, Tim Van Hal's book will come out before this one does. Now out of curiosity, do you think there'd ever be a possibility of maybe a Darkwing fan with more money than they can spend buying the rights to Darkwing Duck and then being able to release all this stuff themselves? From, from Disney? Probably not. Disney doesn't yeah. let go of their properties. They buy things. They don't, they not don't sell. Not usually, though. They do once in a while. They owned Power Rangers for a while, and they did eventually sell it back to Saban. But that wasn't a property Disney created no, and it wasn't That's one the they really cared about. No, Disney care about something like Power Rangers? Of course not. But um, 
I guess that this is all in the future, and we just have to wait and see. Just the track record with Disney and Disney Afternoon stuff has always been pretty spotty to poor at best. And we're just lucky we're getting the Darkwing toys we're actually been getting. Because yeah. shows like Rescue Rangers and Tailspin have not gotten nearly as lucky as Darkwing has. No. And DuckTales. DuckTales has been pretty lucky, too. It's, I guess, if it's got a duck on it. You know? Mm-hmm. But, um... I guess we should move on to the comic, shouldn't we? Most likely, since we have a lot of juicy details to go over. Yeah, so we're talking about... We're going from later Darkwing comics to one of... Not one of the earliest, but still a pretty early one. We're talking about a comic uh, called Salad Days. Um, When was this printed, Ah, Stan? April 1992, Disney Adventures. Okay, so there were quite a few before this, but still yep. early 92. The show was and, still airing new episodes. And it was also printed in Colossal Comics Collection number eight. You know, that was one of the few I, I missed. So no wonder I'm not, I wasn't aware of this one until recently. But um, it's a Bushroot story. Yep. Um, which, is, which is rare. These early issues, like, mostly foul. Yeah. So it's nice to get, or like brand new villains that kept making up. Like, yeah. what was it Rapid Rabbit from the Slip Sliding yep. Away story? But and Poker here, Face. And Poker Face. <laughs> poker Face. But we've got Bushroot. And this one, I feel like, is a story that could have easily been an episode. Yeah. Because it has all the story beats of a good Darkwing Duck episode. I feel like this one was written before the writers got comfortable with the character and kind of went on the and kind of got crazy with it. Like the fluffy yeah. stories are pretty crazy. They go, they, it goes in weird directions. This one flat out has, like I said, has all the story beats of a Darkwing Duck episode. Yeah. And Darkwing doesn't treat Launchpad like garbage in this one. Hey, and Goslin and Hunker are in it. Yeah. So um, let's get the uh, the the artist and the writer out of the way. Uh, who drew this story, Stan? So the art was shared by Consume Quartery, who we've seen a few times before. Chaos God. And, yep. And Wanda Gattino? I I think so. Um, I'm, I mean, we apologize for getting her name wrong, of course. Um, yeah. Should we go really quickly over some of the stuff she has drawn? Uh, sure. So she got started in the early 90s and mostly Disney. Uh, her One of her first stories was uh, DuckTales in the comic books, not the Disney Adventure stuff. Um, th- this story, Salad Days, was one of her earliest comics, her first Darkwing. And she had a bunch of other Darkwings. She wrote, um, she drew a DuckTales story with Cosme that I really like. It's called A Switch in Time when ah. Fenton and Launchpad switch jobs. Yeah. And Fenton flies the McDuck jet and tries to make deliveries with it. And Launchpad gets dressed up as Gizmo Duck and tries to fight the Beagle Boys. That sounds kind of amazing. I may have to track that one down. It's a really strong story. Um, she drew some dinosaurs comics. Um, What's the problem? We talked about you and Stan. Will at least talked about that one. Yeah. And a few she other things. She didn't draw in What's the Problem. She was the, the anchor in that. Right. Which is why we didn't cover her when we talked about that. Of course, the debate continues to rage on about anchors in comic books. You know, if you want to hear 
more about that debate, go watch Mallrats. <laughs> I have not seen Mallrats in years. Um, and after the Disney Afternoon stuff, she kind of pretty much found her niche writing Uncle Scrooge, Donald Duck, Huey, Dewey, and Louie, and Gyro Gearloose comics. Yeah. So, and you know, that stuff is much more popular than Darkwing Duck would ever be. I mean, I know I've said it before, but Uncle Scrooge and Dark, Duck, Donald Duck are some of the most popular comic strip characters ever. Yeah. Like, Scrooge and Donald Duck are huge in Europe. Like, if you ask someone in the United States who are the most popular comic book characters, they're going to say Batman and Marvel characters. But if you ask people in Europe who's the most popular comic book character, a lot of them are going to say Uncle Scrooge and Donald Duck. Yeah, That's just how big these guys are. So a lot of her later work until the mid-2000s was all those classic Duck characters. Um, okay, so let's talk about the writer of this story. All right. Who wrote this one, Stan? Doug Murray. Doug Murray. He got he got started in '91, just like um, just like her, uh, with Roger Rabbit stories. Remember when Roger Rabbit was a thing? Oh yeah, I've like, got a bunch when he, of the comic books. Remember, remember when he was a really big thing? Yeah. Wow, that was with like I lived through that. It's crazy how big Roger Rabbit was to Disney. Um, this Darkwing Duck story, Salad Days, was his first Darkwing story. So him and and Wanda getting started on the same story. He wrote lots of Darkwing stories, a bunch of stuff I've never even heard of. Uh, well, a Darkwing bunch of it's uh, small ones. He also wrote DuckTales Switch in Time. Nice. So good story. I really want to hear what you think of that one. Um, so lots of Roger Rabbit, DuckTales, Darkwing Duck, Dinosaurs bonkers and he wrapped up in the late late uh 90s with uh mighty ducks comics so a lot of ducks in this guy's uh guy's resume uh the writing is good again it feels very much like the show and the art is really good too after three stories with schwartz's art jumping back to something a lot more typical darkwing duck was a nice change of pace Speaking briefly of Schwartz, didn't you just find something that looks like he did the art for? I found a button from a Disneyland character breakfast from 1992 with a really off-model Darkwing Duck wringing his hands together like he's hungry. But he's got the baggy clothes that Schwartz draws and the brim, the, the band on his hat has a buckle on it. Remember yeah. I mentioned that last week? Yeah. I am positive this button was drawn by Schwartz. And now I really want it. Because <laughs> yeah. he's so off model. But now that I know who drew it, it makes it so fascinating. Yeah. Um, so let's get into this comic. Let's talk about it. Um, right. By the way, talking about the art, one last thing. I think the art on Launchpad is really strong. It is. Like, really good launch pad drawings. This guy knows how to draw his ducks. So, all right, let's talk about this one. All right. So we're starting in the Mallard home, and immediately we get an entrance. Nice, because I miss those. Um, very similar to a few episodes where he's doing his entrance line and he's just a shadow, and when you do see him, it defies your expectations. Because doesn't it look like he's holding a gun? Yep. 
He says, I am the terror that flaps in the night. I am the home ec teacher who forces you to memorize the four food groups. I am, and it turns out it's just Drake in his kitchen. Yeah. And what does he fail to notice? I am out of vegetables. The vegetables all dive down the sink drain. And yep. you see them walking around behind them with, they look like vegetable zombies. Yeah. They're very good, very good cabbages, art. Lawless leeks, terrifying tomatoes and cruel carrots, putrid yep. potatoes, chewed <laughs> turnips, outlaw onions, rotten rutabagas, robber uh, radishes, scary squashes, evil eggplants, and of course, crazy <laughs> celery. Ooh, crazy celery. Yeah, so we got zombie vegetables on our hands here. Yeah. Um, so they're gone. The vegetables are gone, and Darkwing doesn't know where they are. But they travel down the pipes of his sink and out a sewer um, near... Okay, so the art here is interesting. The first thing we see is a greenhouse. We know who this is. Yep. But next to the greenhouse is a wooden shack. So... We know this is Bushroot, but there was never a wooden shack by his greenhouse before. A few artistic liberties are being taken here, but I don't mind it. Yeah. So what's what is Bushroot's what's Bushroot doing? So he has a machine to make the vegetables stronger, so they'll be able to go across town and commit crimes while he stays safe from any possible harm. Uh, that's very Bushroot, the big wimp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we get a, I know I mentioned the very Chuck Jonesy and, uh, physical gag in the last story. I'm very happy we get something like that here. Uh, yeah. Darkwing and Launchpad are driving the rat catcher, of course, and Darkwing's mind is very preoccupied on these disappearing vegetables. Oh yeah. So much that he doesn't notice all the vegetables walking down the street. A and jumping into sewer grates. Yeah. So Launchpad tells him to look out for the trucks. Darkwing notices them way too late and forces the rat catcher in between two garbage trucks, like really squeezes in between them. Yeah. And when they pop out, you see that from the side, you think they're totally okay. But then they show it from a different angle and the entire rat catcher and Darkwing and launch pad are squashed flat. GDW. I didn't realize the rat catcher was so flexible. Of course it was. I designed it that way, but <laughs> really great physical gag so true to the show of course darkwing does make a mental note to himself to get forward facing mirrors so that doesn't happen again or just watch the road yeah but uh, they found some veggies yes they found some old ones from the garbage truck but they want to find the the new ones that are disappearing so they decide to head out of town and go into the suburbs yep. and the first place they check is actually the hideout of our villain yep so it's Bushroot dressed as a farmer. So um, really funny that this he's dressed as a farmer because Reginald Bushroot's original job, according to Jim Peterson, was going to be a farmer. Yeah. And his name was going to be Bib Overall. Here he is in overalls. Nice. Yeah, with a beard, with a hat. Um just funny i doubt there was any intention to even reference that i doubt the writer even knew but it's very funny to see bushroot dress as a farmer when that was going to be his original thing yeah 
So what happens to Darkwing? Of course, Launchpad knows. Launchpad catches on right away. What happens to Darkwing? Well, DW still hasn't seen the living veggies, but Launchpad does spot a tomato that bites Darkwing. Look at this thing with the spiral eyes and the giant mouth full of teeth. These vegetables are really creepy. Yeah. (laughs) So he gets bitten on the foot, and uh, neither of them realize this is bushroot. Nope. And uh, so what happens next? So Darkwing grabs a bunch of the veggies from the farm, you know, thinking they're they're good, and decides to get to the bottom of where all the missing vegetables are after they have dinner. Of course, Bushroot, yeah. you know, after they leave, is like, oh, I don't think you'll be able to, Darkwing. Beautiful uh, final drawing for this sequence of the rat catcher zooming away and Bushroot in the shadows saying that last line. Uh, very cool. Yeah. Bushroot is very sinister in this one, which, as you mentioned to me before we recorded, this is very in line with how sinister he was very early on. Yeah. This is before we get Bushroot the Lonely Wimp. Right. Like, that's my favorite Bushroot, the Lonely Wimp, the one who needs a really good support group. Uh, yeah. But Bushroot, the evil scientist from those first few episodes, is is a fine characterization. I'm sure this was written before those later episodes ever came out. Yeah. Um, so Darkwing Drake, of course, he's down with Drake, and Launchpad go home. Coloring error that Drake's uh, sweater vest is completely colored wrong, but I'll allow it. Whatever. Who cares? So what happens, Stan? So we're back at the Mallard house, and Drake still won't believe Launchpad about the tomato and still does not notice all the veggies have eyes and teeth. Though all he has DW's to do is open cr- his eyes. Yeah, though I will say to DW's credit here, LP hasn't noticed the ones he brought home have those features yet either. Yeah, because I think Darkwing's just convinced him to to just forget about it. Launchpad's dialogue is very good. I can hear Terrence McGovern and everything he says. Yeah. Like, a, a lot of GDW. Like, that's all he ever said on the show. GDW, GDW. So anybody who wants to write good Launchpad dialogue has to write GDW at least once in every story or at least have them say, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, right. So we get we finally get Goslin and Honker. Finally. Yeah. I miss those I- two. Well, Drake has grabbed the salt and pepper and returns to find that a group of vicious veggies have surrounded Launchpad, Goslin, and Honker. With steak knives. Yep. These things are not messing around. Oh, no. They're uh, they're almost as bad as those killer tomatoes that Goz mentions. Well, a uh, killer carrot goes for Darkwing's foot again. Um, yeah. So they're surrounded by vegetables. Things look grim. Launchpad's protecting the kids. I wish Goslin would be a bit more proactive, but... No, but her dialogue's correct here. I mean, I love that bit about now I know why I hate vegetables. Oh, absolutely. But I feel like like my Goslin would be jumping out and stepping on these things and kicking their butts, you know? Oh, Um, yeah. She'd be swinging a hockey stick at them for sure. Yeah, but, you know, again, I feel like a lot of these comic writers are really hyper-focused on Darkwing more than anybody else. I get it. It's his It's his comic. Yeah. But, you know, DW, you know, has to fight all these ghastly greens. And he, he figures out a solution pretty easily. He spills salt on them. Yup, and it works. 
because apparently salt is a natural enemy to zombies. Yep. Which, thank you, Honker. Yep. He also gives us a rundown that it's Voodoo and not Voodoo. And of all the characters in the story, I think Honker is the most off-model. Yeah. But Which is very apparent when you take a look at how well Launchpad is drawn. So I don't know if they really use a lot of model sheets for Honker. He looks fine. I'm glad he's involved, at least. Yeah. So they decide, you know, if they're going to meet up with any more of these vegetables, they need to get more salt. Nobody notices Darkwing loads his gas gun with pepper. Yeah. But at least he's using the gas gun. It isn't colored right, but he's got it. Yep. And we get another Darkwing staple here. Let's get dangerous. Yep. Beautiful. All right. So they're going after the vegetables. What's happening downtown? Well, they see a bunch of the vile veggies coming out of the sewer. Mm Mm-hmm. And Um, DW deduces that they must come from a place near a sewer. And Launchpad says it twice, like that farmer guy we saw. He says That's it twice. That's what I was doing the pause for. I was giving you the opportunity to do Like that, that farmer guy we saw. He says it <laughs> twice. And then Darkwing's like, the farmer we visited. Well, duh. Launchpad just said it twice. Yeah. Again, this is very true to the show. Um, so they decide to go visit the farmer. They zoom, up, yeah. they zoom back to the suburbs. A flattening, a, <laughs> they crushed a rutabaga on the way past. Yep. Gotta watch out for those rotten rutabagas. Man, the art on these zombie uh, vegetables is really, really great. I love it. Yeah. So they come over to the barn, the farm, and uh, our battle's about to start. Yep, Bushroot was expecting him. Yep, and you see him with an army of giant vegetables now. Yep, most likely those are the end result of that machine we saw at the beginning. And they are monstrous. They give Posey a run for her money. Yeah. But Bushu also has a new toy that he puts our heroes in. It's called a duck dicer. And what what kind of uh, kitchen appliance would you compare this to? Probably a blender. Yeah, with the rotary but, blades on top, though. Yeah, and Bushu says it'll keep them amused for the rest of their lives. And since this is an early Bushroot story and we know how early Bushroot episodes ended, um, take a wild guess how this guy's probably defeated. But we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. We will get there. But this, but this this is violent, actually, when you look at it. Like, the blades coming down on top of all four of the heroes. Yeah, like including they, two children. Yeah, they have to do something quick. Yeah. Luckily, DW has his Barrelilium button bore. Which just basically shaves his head and cuts his head apart. Yeah. Now, and for those wondering, Barrylilium is a chemical element that is steel gray color, strong and lightweight, but it's also brittle. Mm, okay. I had no idea. So, uh, I, this thing is just as bad as his thing cutter from uh, Dry Hard. <laughs> Adios, thing cutter. <laughs> um, okay, so dark, they escape. I guess they they break a hole into this uh, shredder, this this slicer. Yeah, and, and um, get a second. Let's get dangerous. And not quite a suck gas evil doer. He says surrender evil doer, but you know close enough. 
Uh, so but he starts. He also, starts firing. Go ahead. One other thing, though, I noticed DW must carry a spare hat because the rest of the thing, his hat is no longer damaged. Well, you know, cartoons, clothing can get ruined in one shot and the very next shot it's over with. Yeah. You know how it goes, especially on this show. But yeah, so DW tells the the veggies to eat salt, pernicious plants. But it isn't the salt, it's the pepper. Yep. Which isn't a bad thing, because it makes everyone start sneezing. Yep. And so, while DW's uh, doing all this, Gauze in the background has turned on the duck dicer again. Yep. You know where this is going. If you oh, were yeah. watching this, if you were watching this in episode form, you know how this is going to end. Yep. So DW <laughs> does one more variation of suck gas with suck cayenne evildoer. Yep. And what happens to poor Bushroot? Bushroot ends up into the duck dicer, and well, DW says it best: "Slaws well that ends well." They actually show him get diced. Yeah. Like but that in the as well as keeping in line with early Bushroot stories, because the first two or three of them, he got destroyed. Okay, big difference, though. In Beauty and the Beat, yes, a lawnmower fell on him. Though they see didn't him, show it. But we see him at the end as a cabbage, and in yeah. Easy Come, Easy Grows, he's he gets sucked into a tree shred, tree chipper, wood chipper, but you see him at the end as a tiny little piece of wood, and his head pops out of it, and he wiggles away. You don't see what happens to him. As far no. as you know, at the end of the story, he's dead. Yeah, if if someone wasn't familiar with Darkwing, they would definitely think he was. Because all that's left of him is, like, spinach basically all over the ground. Yeah. Like, if you don't know this character, he's gone. He's dead. Like, that's got that's gutsy, man. Yeah. But anyway, Bushroot's defeated. And how do we wrap this story up? Well, everyone's hungry, but... They don't want to really do a salad anymore. Perhaps a nice hamburger. Now, of course, if this was a show, somebody would have mentioned Hamburger Hippo. Yeah. But uh, that's okay. You have to be more of a Darkwing Duck nerd to uh, reference Hamburger Hippo, especially in 1992. Which we are. Yeah, but this is 1992. And even in 1992, I wasn't always thinking Hamburger Hippo. But um, that's fine. It's a good ending. I love that all the characters are in it. I love that we get a good Bushroot story. It feels very true to the show. Um, what would you rate this one out of, out of five gas gun canisters? I would give this four canisters. Oh, yeah? I, Tell us why. I think it's a very strong story. You know, it goes beat for beat through what a you know normal Darkwing story would be. All the dialogue is well written. I can picture each of the characters saying their lines you know, the villain is defeated in a manner that befits, you know, things. I mean, aside from the fact that they, that they didn't show, you know, that Bushroot had survived. That would have, I don't think it ever would have gotten past standard and practices on TV. They would have Probably made him show not. he was alive. That for sure. You know, so yeah, four canisters. I'm going to give it a four as well for all the reasons you did. It feels very much like this show. Like, everything works. I hear the character voices. It's great to have Bushroot as a solo villain, which I think is very rare in Darkwing comics. 
Um, the art is great, especially on Launchpad. A few things like Honker isn't drawn as well, but Launchpad looks great. Darkwing looks great. The zombie vegetables are hilariously creepy. Yeah. And everything works about it, especially for a comic that's a relatively early one. Yeah. I'm glad it wasn't. I'm glad there's no Jay Gander Hooter or Fa- a Fowl or Shush or just Launchpad. Or Fluffy. Or Fluffy, and Darkwing doesn't treat <laughs> Launchpad badly. Yeah. Uh, very, very solid story. Easy for, easy for canisters, especially for a comic. Now, should we rate the uh, villainous veggies? You can if you want to. Go I'd for it. I'd give them, I'd say, a three and a half. You know, I mean, they didn't really do a whole lot. You know, they obviously had no dialogue, but they they put off a generally creepy atmosphere, and they they did appear to be a legitimate threat. I'm going to give them a three, only because in my head I'm picturing how they would have looked if this was an episode and it was animated, and the designs were the same. If the designs were exactly the same, and this one went to, let's say, Disney Australia, can you imagine how creepy this one would have been? Oh, yeah. Like, just with their spiral eyes and sharp teeth and those crazy monster ones at the end. Like, this would have looked really good in animation. Yeah. So I'm going to give them a three just because the designs are really fantastic. I love how these vegetables look. We didn't have to rate these things, but I'm glad we did. (laughs) So, that's Salad Days. Next week, we are taking a break from the comics. Um, Stan, you will still be with me, and yep. we are doing a 2021 uh, Darkwing Duck wrap-up. Uh, we got a lot of merchandise either released or at least announced. Uh, we other things that happened in the news. Also, some people we lost. Yeah, um, you know, we had a few more DuckTales episodes, and Darkwing was on one of them. We should probably talk about, just in general, how that show treated him now that it's over. Um, yep. Stuff like that. What and what we can expect next year. So that's going to be our tw- our last episode of 2021 before New Year's. Will just be our wrap up of the year. Um, and you know we hope everybody enjoyed the comics. Well, you're getting plenty more of those next year. Yep. And we'll be doing Boom. We'll be doing Joe Books. Maybe some more Disney Afternoon and Disney Adventure stuff. We still have plenty more to keep us going for a while. Oh yeah. Stan, Stan, you told me you wanted to do a couple of shout outs before we wrap up. Uh, yes, I do. Uh, the first one I wanted to do is of I wanted to shout out Kitty and Ange of Sleepless in St. Canard. Hi, guys. They, they run a Darkwing Duck podcast themselves. They recently, you know, congratulated us on doing all 91 episodes of the Darkwing Duck show for our podcast. And they also, I think it was Ange had been one of our contest winners and received the uh, prize she had won right so wanted to give them a shout out and i also wanted to give my friend armin stravenik i think that's how his last name's pronounced i'm not entirely sure but i wanted to give him a shout out because he gave me an awesome care package today of blu-rays and dvds i mean some amazing things the entire extended lord of the rings and hobbit series the back to the future trilogy the jurassic park trilogy the complete smallville series 60 discs boy somebody was really liquidating their dvd collection 
yeah, so I wanted to give him a shout out. Thanks again, man. Cool. Well, does he listen to this? I don't know if he does, but I'll certainly uh, mention that maybe he should listen to this episode. Oh, you okay. Know, I mean, you mentioned I'll, him. You should... I'll also tell him maybe he should check out the whole series. I mean, I know he does like Darkwing Duck. You know, if you ever listen, you can also, if your podcast app allows you to speed it up times two, you'll get through the episodes faster. Or if he's watching on YouTube, he can just skip to whatever the timestamp is. That's well. I mean, if he wants to listen to all the episodes. Oh yeah. Um, like what I do every so often, I go back and I re-listen to them. I just, you know, speed up the audio and I listen to it that way because I like listening to our old episodes. Does it? Act, can you actually understand what they're saying at that? Yes, speed, it, it isn't. It, just it isn't squeaking. No, it isn't that fast. If you turn it up to three, it's too fast. But two is fine. I know lots of people who listen to podcasts that way. Um, especially because lots of podcasts I listen to are over two hours long. So if you want to speed them up, there you go. I can only um, imagine how Will sounds at two times speed. He doesn't sound so bad. You, you, you hear me say, uh, more often when I'm sped up. <laughs> anyway we are the St. Canard Files a Darkwing Duck podcast you can find us on all podcast apps uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, iTunes um, Facebook and as well as iHeartRadio, Heart Pandora, Pocket Cast Radio Public or you can watch us on YouTube I think that was all of them um, so Stan I guess until next time everyone at home stay dangerous have a good night Stay dangerous, everyone, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody, and be sure to eat your vegetables. And when you leave out that carrot for Santa's reindeer, just make sure it doesn't have eyes and sharp teeth, okay? We don't want anything to happen to poor Blitzen. No. (laughs) Okay, so everybody have a Merry Christmas and see you next time.